5-4-3-2-1. Hello, Jonathan Lewis. Welcome to No Nonsense Nutrition episode 207. Can you hear that feedback? Is it just me? Just you. Oh, it's really annoying. I can hear my... Oh, no, it's gone. It's good. It's good. We're good. We're live. I can't hear nothing. Good. I could hear myself. I had an echo there and it was really irritating. Whoa. Oh, oh, almost as irritating... Oh, sorry, hold on. Almost as irritating as that as you like... Blowing down your laptop, whatever it was. Yeah, I am got a posh microphone like you. No, but you don't even have headphones either, as I keep telling you every week. Yeah, you're right there. I am got any. The ones I got, the the, uh, the new iPhone jack, whatever they're called. Yeah. So. So, no, never mind. Um, how are you, young man? Hope you, hopefully in a good mood. I'm, I'm good. I did it at my back last week. Doing, uh, I was about to ask. Top. Yeah, I was about to ask actually. How was your back after last week? Well, it's not, I've had a couple. I've had three massages since, and it's I would say ninety percent better. I've even done some. I've even started yoga. Mm. What, what would our what would um, all the physios and chiropractors say about? Well, maybe not chiropractors because I suppose they would believe in it. But what would a lot of the evidence-based physiotherapy um, clan say about your massages improving your back? Um. Uh... Does is 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 massage no, and? Not just massage. No stupid clicking and all this nonsense. Just a deep tissue massage. Okay. Literally. Sweet. Not like um, chiropractic, which I think has its uh, issues. I think, isn't it? Yeah. I um I heard somewhere that it was made up by quack. Yeah, some well, I can't remember what it was now. But yeah, but basically, a quack. That's an easy way to put it. He spine him lip to someone. They got they hear him back. Who was deaf? Like, nah, mate, I don't think so. Like, I, I have seen a few. Um, see these cracking videos online. They do people cracking their necks, but when they do it to babies, I'm like, why does a baby need that? No baby in the history of the world needs that. So I think so. You don't have to have a. You don't have to go to medical school as such too it's just a special chiropractic school which mm. to me stinks yeah I was just looking at this I just on Wikipedia um, chiropractic is a pseudoscientific alternative medicine that is concerned with the diagnosis and treatment of mechanical disorders of the musculoskeletal system especially the spine <clears throat> I said this to my friend the other day who's doing uh, some garden work for me he said about do you uh, what do you think of those like the the like back stuff like people like manipulating your back and cracking and i was like mm, not sure mate and he said well i always have it done and i feel so much better after i have my neck cracked and i'm like yeah they all say that but yeah it doesn't make it legit it no i think if if they are doing all that cracking and but then they do a like, deep tissue massage on the side and they heat up the area blah, blah blah then it's probably like the massage and the heating of the air that's making it feel a bit better rather than the actual clicking of yeah well there's I, you know, I, I, I joke, I'm just poking fun, Jonathan. Um, I know the uh, there's some reasonable evidence around massage and those sort of treatments, so um, just not so much the, the Theragun shit that you get where someone's like, oh, this is the best thing ever. You see all the fit pros and fucking bodybuilders on Instagram with their Theraguns going, like this, like those automatic dildo things, like pummel your muscles. I'd probably buy one because it just feels nice. I would imagine it feels quite nice. 
Yeah, but if someone just said, yeah, it just feels nice and I quite like it, then you'd go, hmm, I can't really argue with that. But, you know, they claim it's the best in the world and that all of a sudden they get 96 extra reps on their squats. Yeah, well, they're probably the same people who uh, follow every single fad that is in the fitness industry, doesn't they? Yeah, look at this. this is a this is a, a worrying sentence. Several deaths have been associated with this technique, and it's been suggested that the relationship is causative. Shit. You look at some of the neck, you're thinking, if you go wrong, if that goes wrong, you know, they should be an issue, isn't it? Well, they're saying here that uh, there is a risk of ver- vertebral artery dissection. So I guess like some sort of art, uh, vertebrae like snaps or pinches an artery and like snips it open or something, or which can lead to stroke and death. Oof. From oh. cervical manipulation. Yeah. <gasps> so yeah. Probably best avoid that then. Yeah, I would think so. Um, I think, I think osteo- osteopathy, osteopaths, um, generally reasonably well respected as evidence based, aren't they? But yeah, not so much chiropractors. If people are, are worrying, but anyway, I don't. We went majorly kind of on a little tangent there, didn't we? Talking about be- your back. If you want to be clicked, then go to an osteopath. Yeah, I'm not even sure clicking osteopaths are still evidence based, but but if you if you've got a problem with your back, then maybe you go see an osteopath rather than a chiropractor. Yeah, or just get a massage a couple of times and then seem to sort it out. Yeah, well, um, my friend who uh, has two different masters in two different uh, PTs, um, well, PTs in two different like physical therapy masters, basically. That's really shit English, but never mind. Um, he says that the majority of kind of physical issues will pr- like in terms of like certainly acute injuries as well a lot of them will just kind of heal themselves over time and that a lot of the, the kind of treatments that you get they know don't really have a huge effect like yeah, back, like low sure. like like back pain as well like you get like some some lower back pain and stuff so a lot of times like there's nothing you do you just wait and rest and then they heal themselves that your bodies are pretty good at doing that I mean, obviously, as outside of you know, literally having like an exposed fucking bulging disc, or you know, if you have a bone snap into, I'm not sure that's going to just kind of heal itself very well. And it might need a bit of help, but you know what I mean. The first time I did it, it took weeks and weeks and weeks. Now, if I was to get a massage, it's normally right within twelve days, fourteen days, unless you could you could argue that. Maybe it's just better at healing itself now. So maybe it just does take naturally a little bit shorter. But maybe they, maybe there's a, a placebo as well. But I'm happy. As long as the placebo makes it better. Well, there, there is that argument too. Yeah, it's like even if it is um, nothing physical, then if you're still having... having uh, well, when I say nothing physical, even if it isn't a physical cause, but you're having physical pain, which we know obviously pain is a very weird concept, Um and that can be a thing and that you can have kind of have phantom pains or pains, pains that aren't actually related to specific physical injuries as we discussed with young Hannah when she was on um yeah I guess the placebo if it fixes it brilliant you know you're still you're still manifesting these issues and they still need fixed and if it is still fixed by placebo what's the problem yep. and, and you know there's that same ethical argument about coaches and then they kind of try and apply placebo um strategies or practices with their clients is it okay or is it unethical because at the end of the day, if their intent is to get a great result for their client, you know, is it unethical? Like basically, if you said, yeah, yeah, take these, uh, this CLA and this creatine and this um, lion's mane 
mushroom, I don't know, I'm trying to think some weird ingredients, ashwagandha, shit, put it all in one, and it will be the super-duper fat-burning, muscle-building, highly energetic um, magic formula. If someone takes all that and, and they believe that, you know, yeah, it's going to be the best thing ever, and they do start seeing really good results, is that a bad thing? Is that unethical? Uh, tough one. Hmm. Uh, I didn't ask for a tough one, really. I suppose, I mean, there is a, I guess, if you gave them to for nothing and there wasn't a financial charge on them, you could say, well, okay, it's, that's more ethical than saying they've got to borrow that shit because obviously you're making them spend money on stuff that you know isn't going to achieve what you want, that you're telling them it's going to achieve. But. Yeah, I mean, and especially if you're selling yourself, it's definitely unethical then. Well, yeah, if you're, that's another level. If you're, if you're saying you need all this stuff, it's brilliant. By the way, buy mine. Mine's really good. Yeah, yeah I guess yeah, that's it's pretty... a bit different, though, isn't it? But anyway, yeah. interesting. It is a bit of a yeah, it's a bit of a difficult uh, answer, really. I I think we're gonna have lots of that today, mate. No, it's not. A, it's not a controversial topic enough for that. <laughs> no, definitely not. Anyway, uh, you'll be pleased to know I um I went and visited a new gym this week to look at restarting my jujitsu career. <sighs> what belt did you finish on? Um, I finished on a purple, which is pretty good, you know, for going for one oh, hour. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right up there. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, no, so obviously I did a, a a few. Well, more than a few. I I did a bit years ago. Like I'm talking seven or eight years ago. Uh, as we explained, and people are probably bored of talking, uh, hearing us talk about it on the podcast, no doubt. But so what? Uh, I very much consider myself a beginner. Very, can remember or know very little, so I've kind of gone to sign up to a beginner's class again. So I went and had a chat with the dude who runs the gym and just kind of see what's about and what he suggested it was um yeah i thought oh yeah i think i'm gonna gonna sign up just to make sure i think he's got a beginner's class starting in a few weeks so i've got to wait a few weeks to kind of start really but yeah should be good so what you're saying is you weren't actually a purple belt yeah i was joking when i said that that was ridiculous wasn't it i didn't have a belt mate i didn't do enough to even have a belt so it would be ridiculous if you get a purple belt you're obviously highly highly well yeah you are highly yeah. skilled I, I'll be honest mate I would I would imagine unless they just unless you just got a really shit gym and just gives them out to everybody um, to be graded purple I, I'd imagine you've got to have something like five plus years of experience or more probably like and like maybe ten I don't know something ridiculous I, I would think it'd be really difficult unless you were literally kind of rolling all, like all the time and that's all you did for five years then you might get purple belt but obviously a purple belt's like a decent level up isn't it? Yeah. So um, I can't remember how, what in, what all they are, but I'll, you know, I'll, maybe five. I don't know. Five years is a bit extreme. I don't know, but uh, several years, I would think. You don't get a purple belt just by turning up for a few classes, like one class a week for a year. No chance. No, no, you're right there. It is it is, it is a very skilled sport. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, certainly, yeah. like if you're talking black belts, you you are talking like a life, not a lifetime, but like you know. A, a dedicated amount of your life a career almost like you know five to ten years of training in a very good gym with a with obviously a, i don't know what they call them really but like a, a really good master i think you'd be tr- a really good school i think you'd struggle otherwise but but i thought i'd tell you because i thought you'd be interested yeah i'm very interested now it's a very good sport very very good it is um I'm trying to think what else oh yeah another update i am starting my first diet for 11 months probably next week that's the new change. Yeah, well, I just want a. I'm kind of reaching. Not, I wouldn't say I'm peak mass by any stretch, but I am kind of reaching that level of where, for a while now, I've struggled with appetite. For a while, I've struggled a little bit. 
I wouldn't say struggle is the right word, actually. I'll say I've not been overly happy kind of like from my physique perspective, but I've been okay in terms of I've been content or accepting of it, but isn't how I choose. Um, running's become quite difficult the last couple of months, just being a bit heavier and, and obviously it's making me a bit more, or, you know, kind of delivering less oxygen, more weight to carry around, um, you know, slower times or making my perceived uh, exertion a lot higher. So that's always obviously a bit of a bummer because that just when you go out and run and then you're like oh i'm running with a friend these find it quite easy and i'm like oh this is fucking really hard that's always a bit of a, a downer really so there's a few things that kind of made me think about it for a while and i put it off for several weeks but i think i've got a tough mother event coming up in six weeks and i thought i think six, maybe it's five weeks now and i thought i could probably just do with three or four weeks reasonably you know assertive rather than aggressive maybe aggressive i don't know whatever word you want to use but reasonably assertive three or four weeks of hopefully dropping i don't know if i can get five or six genuine pounds of fat off of that which is you know reasonable amount doable doable in that in kind of that and then maybe have like a week back at maintenance before the run because i just thought i could do being a bit lighter to help me get round a bit lighter on a lot of the obstacles will be it will help because a lot of the things are like pulling climbing um you know just a lot of body weight stuff as well that you're gonna have to manage which obviously being a bit lighter will help a lot for yeah i just thought oh that'll make that a bit more enjoyable as well so and then straight as soon as i finish that i'll get straight back to gaining again obviously i've bought myself hopefully uh four or five more months maybe of gaining yeah makes sense because uh four or five pound off should be uh fairly easy i would say yeah i looked at my averages again i know we talked about it and and recently but i looked at my averages and most of my months have been kind of the 1.2 1.3 pounds gain per month yeah yeah been pretty happy with it i must admit it's a lot a lot i don't i I think physically i don't feel like it's that slow which is like a bit it it creates a bit of dissonance because you're like well the numbers say actually i've gained really slow and obviously if that was all muscle i should be still reasonably in decent condition but a lot bigger and i look in the mirror and think hmm yeah, not really sure. But obviously that's the difficult thing, I think. It's, you know, you kind of, I think we all suffer a little bit from that kind of body dysmorphia type behaviour or mindset. And I think you can find it difficult just being yourself almost as well. Um, but I'd be interested to kind of see, bear in mind, like I haven't, you know, dieted now for 11 months or you know, I've, I've only kind of gone one way. It'd be interesting to see if I feel after a few weeks, oh, actually, yeah, I definitely do feel like I put on a, a reasonable amount of muscle mass or not. As in visually. Yeah. But... We'll see. We'll see. I I did want to leave it. I did. I kind of wanted to at least get to the year mark of never of not being in a calorie deficit. I must admit, because I'll be honest, I can't remember the last time I probably went an entire year. Most of my previous bulks, as we spoke about before, were way too fast and too aggressive, and therefore I kind of had to cut short very quick. So I've never really made a year. Probably even since I've been training like well under the scientific principles. So obviously this was always kind of like, I really want to make a year, but I think given the timing of this, and it just feels like oh now's the right time. So yeah. Even the appetite thing. I think I was, who was I speaking to? Uh, I don't know if it was Amy again. That's one of my one of my fitness buddies. Obviously, Amy Ramshed that we I speak about a bit. I don't know if it was her or or someone else. I can't remember. But I was talking about appetite and how I'm now kind of resulting to drinking like a lot of my calories in the morning now. I can't even um, like stomach the thought of cereal before training now in the mornings. So I'm kind of now just making smoothies and stuff, just trying to get peanut butter. I'm like making a smoothie of oats, whey protein, peanut butter, honey. Um, what else was in there some coconut milk frozen fruit so like a five six hundred calorie shake basically and, um, and cereal is easy to eat as well well i know yeah it's just i don't know just like oh just uh, i mean i don't wrong i could eat it but i'm a bit like i just don't really want it and i think i'm just preferring having like a nice cold like 
even even though it's you know a, a thick consistency in terms of you know, it's a smoothie with a lot of oats and and yogurt and stuff in um it's still i still drink it because obviously coconut milk thins out of it but i just i like the idea of a cold liquid and drinking it down and then kind of not having to worry about che- even the art of chewing you know that kind of the mastication is even something that you're just like oh i don't know i can't even be bothered to chew so yeah <laughs> so uh so yeah so yeah i think now's i think now's the right time i must admit now's the right time well so. only you know yourself well the good news is is like i have no real goals so i can basically do what i want like and there isn't a right or wrong answer really what i do is there because it's not like i'm i've got no. any sort of time goal my only goal really is to try and improve over time and obviously you can do that in a billion ways so yeah it's true it's like you gotta get ready for a competition and like that no exactly so so i think or even like a holiday or even like that i've got nothing really to kind of worry about so i think for me it's kind of just you know just take take things as they go so i thought it'd be an interesting update for people that wanted to hear what i am up to because i haven't really talked too much up on the odd occasion so bulking back to sulking <laughs> bulking back to sulking that'd be interesting to get back into a diet actually and see how i how i get on having not dieted for quite a while if it appetite's out crap now it should be quite easy yeah, to start uh, yeah probably at least for a week <laughs> and then i'll be like oh yeah. i'm so hungry <laughs> give me those cocoa pops Oh, um, any update from you that's worth talking about? Still cruising? Uh, no, no, no update. Still, still cruising, dropping slowly. Uh, well, started yoga. I think that'll help my back long term because I am very tight in the hips and the lower back, which probably contributed to the shit anyway in the first place. So, surprised now couldn't get better than it as well. Hmm. And even and, simplest, simplest of look at things like, oh, that's easy. Like, no, it's not. I was gonna say it's not. It's tough. It's really tough. I mean, doing the basic stuff just to start. I've got like four or five things I do in like a little, like a little session. I just stick that for a while, and then when I'm better, I'll just move on and do a few uh, other longer ones. Nice. So. nice. Mm-hmm. Cool. Good. Um, I I thought for a topic today. We've 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 we toyed with this idea for quite a while, talking around this topic, haven't we? Uh, and when I say quite a while, I mean you know it's been mentioned a few times over the past year, year or more, you know, a couple of years probably, and we've kind of avoided it for various reasons. But it's been everywhere this week, um, so I kind of thought, do you know what? Maybe we should just give our opinion for anyone that is interested. And what I would probably say is, as a preface, like our opinions literally mean nothing. I think I'm fair to say that, aren't I, Johnny? In that, like, we are nobody that really should anyone anyone should be listening to on on this topic because neither of us have any real experience, knowledge about it, other than kind of just our own exposure, which isn't a lot. So I think I thought it was worth that disclaimer to say, look, we, you're probably we're probably not worth listening to, and we probably shouldn't even talk about it because we should probably just say we are. We should stay in our lane, and this isn't something that we really have any knowledge on. But we are an entertainment show to a certain extent, so we can have an opinion. Yeah, yeah, we can have an opinion. Doesn't make us right, and I think, well, I certainly will. You might say no, I'm definitely right, as in you're right, not me. But I'm happy to say I know I'm not right probably in anything i say on this topic so i'm happy for anyone to come and speak to me if they want to have a chat about it and say i'd like to talk to you about this and this is what i think what do you think and have a nice open uh positive and respectful conversation 
and like you might be thinking what the fuck are they talking about to have to have this type of disclaimer but it is a really difficult topic which i think as everyone has found this week and obviously it's kind of the talking about trans athletes and uh should they be allowed to compete in sports and I, th- I suppose most of the conversation is probably going to focus on johnny blowing into his laptop again um male to female athletes because you don't tend to hear too much about female to male um for what is probably quite an obvious reason and one we'll no doubt cover quite easily uh when we start chatting about it but the the kind of the controversy and the the conversational points are always around kind of like male to female athletes because and you know let's start with it, i suppose they tend to or always believe that they tend to have quite a physical advantage over kind of female or bio, and we need I, i'm going to apologize now for the misuse of terms it will happen a million times during this podcast especially by johnny but probably by me too things like you know biological uh, male biological female say so i'm going to try and refer to obviously biological males and females rather than kind of like gender gender is obviously a weird social concept where we've kind of made the thing up um but i think we can align with the science in terms of like biological male and biological female, which separates obviously the ideas that we're talking about. Does that make sense? Total. Total. Johnny's saying, what are you talking about? They're just men and women. And already I'm like, like hands in a uh, head, hand, head, head in hands, hands in heads going, no, Johnny. <laughs> biological female. And that is hermaphrodite. And that is a, that is a, I think, yeah, I think this is actually a really good way to start, actually, because obviously, I guess, like, there, gen- gender is very much a social concept co- or construct. Yes, there is obviously, like, biological born males and females, as there are in, like, many different species. Um, but obviously, there is very much a spectrum across uh, what we might consider male and female, as in, like, different levels of hormones. Um, Way, I don't know, way more to it basically than what we might consider. Um, and like hermaphrodite is another example in terms of like there are, there are obviously people that have higher hormonal levels. You know, the case of um, Casa Semenya is a really good one. So for those that don't know, um, she is a 100, 200, 400 meters runner. I don't know. She's a, she's an Olympic runner um, from, and I can't, I forget what country. So I'm going to try and avoid offending by trying to guess. Um, but essentially, she has been asked to lower her abnormally high testosterone levels um, uh, to be allowed to compete in the Olympics um, because basically she's just like beating everybody in her sport. And obviously they're saying that this higher than, than the normal testosterone levels is what given her a huge advantage over other um, females. Now, she's never commented on her sex as such. So I guess there's, as far as I'm aware, and I might be wrong, but the controversy there is where a lot of people are saying like they don't know whether i mean i guess she, she's considered a woman because like she has you know has women genitalia it was a biological born female she's obviously never said any different for, as far as i'm aware but just has like really abnormally high hormone levels and i think like taking her out of it because i guess that could be anyone i'm now talking about but that's those types of con- concepts no not concepts um situations where you know the kind of the idea of you're either male or female is really kind of difficult like you can say you're a biological male based on your chromosomes type thing but even then i think i've heard different things around kind of like dna on chromosome strands and stuff which then might have different effects in terms of how that is uh not portrayed but like um put i don't know like portrayed out as you in terms of how you then develop as a as a human so like it's really hard to say you're either a male or a female because i think it's just so like 
it's not so binary. It's just such a spectrum, with, especially when you start talking about advantages in sports and stuff. Like as in that, you know, the case of Casta Semenya. It's like, well, if she, you know, if she's a biological female, but just happens to have high, you know, levels of testosterone compared to most of the average women, is it fair type thing to then say you need to reduce your your hormone levels to a kind of more in line with natural females because you know you're just beating everybody? Uh, no, not that because it's not fair. If she's born a biological female, then she's a female. She's a biological female, regardless of what obviously genetics dictate what our, our biology is or whatever, but she's a biological female. It's like there's people out there with vastly at the top of the tree genetics who blow everybody away in certain other sports. But they're not told testosterone or whatever. I think it's a bit, I don't know, it's a bit naughty, I think. If you see smash everyone, then so be it. That just means then women who are chasing her got to be, got to find some improvements from somewhere. Maybe that's difficult, obviously, unless you're jamming in testosterone, maybe, but, you know, maybe that's just something to chase. So, usually that makes things better, doesn't it? You know, mm-hmm. first, who's, who's the guy who did the first four-minute mile? Can't be done. Impossible. Can't be done. He did it. And people after him Roger done it. Roger Bannister. Yeah, thousands probably done it now. So, it's like, these people who do push the boundaries of the sport do make the sport better. Because they're chasing someone who is genetic freak, freak of the sport. I mean, freak in the nicest of ways. So I know I, I think it's wrong in that situation because she's a biologically born female. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I don't. I can't. I'll be honest. I can't say I've looked into her specific case, so we probably shouldn't comment on her specific case. But I was just trying to use it as an example. But I guess obviously there are intersex individuals that might have a, I don't know, external bits that look normal but there's things that go on on the inside that kind of uh, create difficulty in whether they're actually a you know you can say they're a they're a, they're a biological female or a biological male i don't know if she's in that camp or not or whether but as i say we're, we're not really talking specifically about her we're not supposed to be we're supposed to kind of just use this as an example as i say but it is a difficult one um i mean i i obviously we've had back and forth about it and we we kind of think align with a similar outcome almost although i don't think the outcome's a solution but i think we obviously got reasonably different different thought processes around that even if we do align do we do end up kind of coming to the same outcome or beliefs about it but i i I see it as kind of like there's a a physical science science or scientific aspect to it but there's also the other side which is more of an ethical or kind of yeah i suppose an ethical conversation to be had and that's kind of the way i see it in that like I don't. I think based on the, the the literature that I've seen, and based on people I've heard talk about this area, and also kind of like what to me feels like really obvious logic, in that the male to female athletes have a physical advantage over female athletes. That seems really ob- obvious to me. Like I say I think the literature says that okay, even those that have suppressed things like testosterone and kind of the, the the more male hormones they'd still retain an advantage over a long period of time in terms of kind of either muscular development or kind of more physical characteristics like bone density and um, bone structures and stuff that aligns with high performance in sports so i think and obviously you know that that kind of like for most people it seemed obvious like you look at blokes and you think 
most blokes are bigger, stronger, and faster than men. That's why we've always had separate categories. So kind of, and obviously, okay, if you could prove that someone going through hormone therapy suddenly lose all those advantages, then you kind of say, okay, that's fair enough then. Then they, they, you know, it should be completely inclusive and they should be able to, obviously, like male to female athletes or biological born male, uh, females should, no, biological born males should be able to compete as a female if they go through that therapy. But I don't think that exists, that evidence. So obviously it then makes it kind of, you know, from the scientific perspective, a bit like, okay, well then, is it fair on the individual females, the biological females, biological born females? Sorry, I'm, I told you I was going to mess this up a lot. Um, and it's hard to then argue against that, isn't it? If you look at runners, sprinters, and a female hip structure compared to a man's hip structure, it's different. Women go wider hips for childbirth, genetically, to start with is. So you can't change that. So... Not that I know um, how much that makes a difference in running, but I mean, you look at the way woman, woman runs compared to a man, it's different than it for the you know, I suppose, the average person. Then. And I think people forget that a percent difference at the top level is between first and last, which is it's not like playing your average sport down the street where a percent is like whatever, but a percentage in elite sport is your first or last. It's a huge difference because you are already at the elite level. The percentage of the lead level is huge. Yeah, I suppose I suppose that's a really good point. In that, if you took a biological born female and then suddenly gave her a ten percent advantage over all of her peers, she'd probably then be. She'd obviously beat everybody. And I suppose that's the argument. What people are saying about trans athletes, and that that's essentially what's happening. So there, you know, trans athletes will always then beat a biological female. Like, okay, you know, when I say you know, I'm talking absolutes or very general. Um, realms there and obviously there will always be you know a spectrum in that that where they overlap where they'll be you know in the same way as men and women there'll be there are some women that are better than some men and there are some men that obviously aren't as good as some women but generally men are kind of physically stronger faster than women generally so i guess we're just going to talk in those generalizations for now because it's just easier than keep saying having the caveat all the time well there'll be you know there are some you know elite women that are better than some men and that type of thing although i did What's interesting, I can't remember, I think it was actually the Joe Rogan podcast. Um, there was uh, a conversation around this and um, obviously I haven't fact-checked it so I don't know if it's 100% true, but they, they said that there's something like the women's current world record in something like sprinting, I can't remember what it was now, said something like the current world record for a woman has been beaten by like 300 university men students. Something like that, anyway. I might have got the numbers wrong, but the, the concept or premise is the same. Basically, like even like high-level universities are still incredibly high-level, don't get me wrong. But like boys that can't compete with men because they're obviously not developed yet. And I say boys, you, know, you might argue they're still men, but essentially like university students that haven't kind of got into the high levels of the way obviously men, you know, professional athletes get, they are still faster than, you know, the best women in the world right now. And that's... And that's the thing, yeah. That's where it is. I mean, men, as you say, generally speaking, are bigger, stronger, faster than women. Like people listening, don't get that concerned with women. Can't be better than men because <clears throat> I would imagine the top tier weightlifters on planet Earth, women, will just demolish ninety nine percent of the men. Well, demolish me, bunny stretch. Yeah, I mean, you look at you. You look at some of the best female powerlifters as just as that example. Their totals are more than I would probably ever been able to manage ever. 
by yeah. a long, long way. So I, I can't compete with the top. Like it being a man doesn't just immediately mean that I can compete with the top female athletes no. out there. Just can't do it. No, but you take that to an average man versus an average woman. Well, 99% time the average man is stronger, bigger, faster. And at the elite level, at the elite level, the difference is even bigger. Because you're talking elite top level genetic man or it's elite level top level genetic female. And it's any sport, anything. Men would, well, that's why they're separate. That's why there is separate competitions, men's competition and women's competition. So, what, women's weightlifters. What's the what's the world record score for a woman? I think it's like six hundred pound. Man, but yeah, I, I I don't know the numbers, but I certainly know that the the kind of the, the strength based tasks like that are men's totals are a lot lot higher than women's, even at the same weights. You are like a man. A man is a category in the snatch. November twenty fifteen, fifty six kilo class men snatch. 140 kilos, right? <clears throat> Women, 53, 58 kilo class, snatch 112. So, 112, nearly 30 kilos, which really is not a huge difference, considering the difference, men and women. And then well, I don't know, it's, you know, it's 20 to 30% it's, it of... It's a lot, isn't it? Yeah, total, so... You know, it's a lot in kilos, you know what it, I mean? But the percentage is huge. Yeah, let's say if you, it doesn't, yeah, you know, isn't isn't a lot of weight as such, but obviously as a relative weight compared to total amount lifted, it's you know twenty thirty percent still. It's quite a decent. It's a big amount. Olympic Games um, world record in twenty sixteen, man. So this is um, total. I think I snatched clean jerk. Maybe something else. I'm not sure. Three hundred seven kilos for a man. As a female, that's two hundred fifty two. So it's and this is a vet, this is the same weight class. As a matter of fact, the women are two kilos heavier because the weight class is a bit different. So it's, this is it's substantial at the top level. So you're talking, yeah, it's massive. You're talking, like you said, twenty percent, which is your first and your last by a country mile. Mm. I mean, you look at so sprinting events. Uh... Current world record, Usain Bolt, two thousand nine, nine point five eight seconds in a hundred meter sprint and ten point seven seconds. So not you know, over a whole second, one point two seconds, which again is like ten percent over over ten, eleven percent of the total amount of time. Um by Marion Jones in nineteen ninety nine. So yeah. Yeah, and obviously you think, well, again, like there is it both seems obvious anyway, and I think you know this the data there will say like men are generally stronger and faster than women um so i think even if you look at some of the studies which is a difficult one because i think when you look at the studies for this so that basically if you look at the studies for um where people have transitioned so say you know men have transitioned over women and they've kind of gone through procedures to reduce hormones and had medical treatment to, to kind of basically transition over to a woman um when you look at the benefits or the, the kind of like the benefits in strength and speed and stuff like that in terms of how how much do they actually lose in those time periods and um i haven't got any actual data in front of me so it's difficult for me to say exactly but um i did read somewhere where you're kind of looking at the rounds of um i think it was i'm just trying to see if i can find it actually so studies in trans women pretty much universities show that lean mass and strength decline by about five percent after 12 months of lowering testosterone 
The initial typical advantage in mass and strength that biological males enjoy over females is typically between 20 and 100% depending upon task. So the composite outcome of mass and strength may be even greater. So, you know, that idea of like, okay, well, after a year, you lose 5% of your mass and strength. Um, but if you already in, enjoy a, you know, a, a general level of 20 and 100% or, or, or you know, between 20 and 100% depending upon the task over and above females, it's nowhere near enough to bring back the levels of fairness to make it then kind of, you know, remove this male to female advantage. It's like, say they have in whatever they do to reduce your testosterone. One, does it reduce it to zero? Because women have not always got zero. I think it's between zero and point one, like kind of whatever, whatever units are using men are like between up to 30, which is there's a, there's a huge difference in it. But it's like, okay, if that man who transitions to a woman has a therapy, but keeps training, keeps eating, keeps consuming enough protein, which all those things together will help retain muscle mass, then how they might <clears throat> add strength. They might lose the muscle mass, but they lose any strength. If they're a power lifter. How much strength are they going to lose? Do not, who knows? If, they, if they'd stopped training for a full year, then be significantly different. But because they add in a stimulus there and they've already got the mass there, they're probably genetically gifted anyway at the top level, then how much is a reduction in testosterone really going to do? I mean, you see top tier bodybuilders who are enormous and then most people can jam as much testosterone as they want into them. They will never, ever be that big. So, of course, testosterone has a big impact. But it's not the only thing that makes a man a man. No, um, well, no, no. I mean, obviously, I talked about things like physical bone structures and frames and stuff like that, which obviously also lends itself to kind of performance-related stuff as well. Um, so, yeah. Psychology, another big one. Men are obviously wired different. They think different. They're generally, on average, more aggressive and aggression in certain sports is definitely an advantage i mean obviously you're reducing testosterone but how much is that can reduce the aggression are, I, sorry mate, i was gonna say i um i heard on that same rogan podcast from uh what was the name? Carol. I can't remember. She's basically a professor in. She kind of wrote a book all about testosterone and its effects on human beings, um, and that she teaches something similar in a, a class at one of like the big American unis. Um, she was talking about how testosterone obviously is um, correlated with higher levels of aggression and stuff. Albeit, it's saying it's like physical aggression rather than kind of like emotional aggression. To basically say that women can be as aggressive as men, but generally men are more physically aggressive. Oh, okay. That's fair enough. Well, I, don't, I mean, I'm, I, I, the thing is, though, what I don't, I don't think that doesn't necessarily, that doesn't disprove what you're about to say. That doesn't mean, like, obviously, even the the men more likely being physically aggressive doesn't mean that they're not. That isn't part of it. That lends to kind of why they're better performing athletes, say, because it might be. You know, certainly, you know, in a fight sport, definitely, you think it's going to be. Well, yeah, so things are in there. Fight sports be dodgy. <laughs> proper i mean in terms of fight sports it should it should not be allowed 
because of the risk of potential permanent damage to someone or death. Because it's happened once really near the frat the man who was a woman whatever, who's trudging to a woman, broke her skull. I mean hmm. if she'd have died, then because he didn't disclose, is that manslaughter? Hmm. Is it murder? Yeah. That... You can't go, oh yeah, but it's it's inclusive. Yeah, but you kill someone. So well could be inclusive in that area, but you're talking about a, a, a one of the most aggressive sport on planet Earth. I, 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 su- I, I suppose. I suppose if it was not disclosed, is a whole different ethical mm. consideration. Like being disclosed, you're like, well, okay, well then, I would say that's okay because the individual themselves know almost what they're getting into. It's like, would you, would you, would you have a problem if a biological female fought a biological man if they both said, yeah, let's have a fight? If she's happy for it, then crack on. Yeah, and I, I was. I would, as a as a bloke, I'd think to the I'd, I'd think of the the bloke. I think, mate. Well, we're we're assuming that, that in terms of their actual performance, they're on par as such. Because obviously, you know, you take someone like Amanda Nunez, obviously the current women's whatever weight champion, she would absolutely annihilate me in terms of fight, even though it's a man versus a woman, because yeah. she is probably fitter, stronger, more skilled. Um. In in every, in every fight aspect, she would annihilate me. So obviously, I guess like <laughs> no one's going to worry about a, her having a fight with me. Um, however, I guess if you're talking about you know taking a the UFC whatever weight male champion versus the female, most people would say I guess I mean I don't know maybe it's that'll be closer than you might think in terms of kind of competitiveness. But I think most people would say the the man would win. Are you going from? What, just a bloke who's a bloke, no one's transitioned against the yeah, female. Yeah, I'm just going to, but like you know, their biological sex. Purse, I'd think, it, like, imagine like a Tony Ferguson who's 150 pound, whatever he is, against a woman of under He would go through her like butter within a minute, I think, overpower her, chuck her on the ground and pound, and she couldn't go up. I, I think, I think it'd be a bit closer than that. I but, but I, I don't know. I just, I just think they're such high level. I think the differences aren't quite as much as it would be at a lower level. But I think the skill level can be on par. I mean, you can, you can be just as skilled as jiu-jitsu as a female as a man, because it obviously doesn't matter so much to a degree how much bigger the other person is. Obviously, there's a certain limit in it. If someone's under a pound, the guy's three hundred pound, you're probably not got a chance of you. But the ferocity of a man going not, I don't think well most men wouldn't do it anyway would they of being on top of a woman and slamming punches into her face it's going to go through her hands that's the that's the difference in it and that's the thing with a with the, a man who transitions if it's a big man and they've got big hands you can there's more service area for you to clip a jaw with as well so if the transition's there okay and the woman says right I'll accept the fight with was essentially a man. The man is bigger, stronger, more powerful, bigger hands, bigger feet. I don't know. If, I don't know what the what the bones be. I don't know what the what, what are the bones like. If he if he swung a leg kick at a thigh, what's going to happen then? Mm. I think um, I think it's worth just saying. Obviously, when you say as essentially a man, obviously I have to mediate here. Um, obviously, we're talking about it as the scientific. Like you're essentially a biological man still. We're assuming that you're obviously um, 
you haven't lost enough advantage physically to 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 be uh, on par with a biological female. I suppose like obviously a, it's, it's a useful it, well it's an ideal segue to talk about kind of like there is a different as I started this po- the, the podcast opening with. There's a different aspect to also discuss here around kind of the ethical side of it in that if do, do those physical advantages matter if we want to have a fair and inclusive society almost in that like i i said to you didn't i like imagine that you are um an individual that you know genuinely believes you're in the wrong body and that you are a female in a male's body that everything about your kind of mind says that you, you know you feel like a, a woman but obviously you just had to be born a man you didn't choose that it isn't like you know it's not like you decided oh, i feel like being a, a transsexual today and i'm gonna um transition over and be a woman Obviously, it's something that you've always lived with and felt completely in the wrong body. Now, is it? Should you then have to be excluded from competitive sport because you just had to be in the wrong body that you didn't choose? Why can't they have the, the a division for people who've transitioned? Still in the sport, you just got different categories. Like it's just a division with different division. Like men are separate women. Women don't tend to make a fuss about it today because they know full well they'd lose. So it's like, well, why can't you just have a whatever group they want to call it? You've got to compete in this group because you are you have got an advantage over females. So you've got three groups. Yeah. And everyone's included, isn't it? But I think... all them can do we've got the US, the US team, the Great Britain team, it all there together. It's just you but... compete in that. You compete in that, you compete in that. Why why should I have to pe- c- compete in the you know, the second rate cousin league of something? But I want to compete with the rest of the women. I'm a woman, yeah. You are biologically a man, so you have advantages that you can't, as of we know now, at the current evidence, you can't ever say that you can reduce the advantages you've got so far to equal you to a woman. Well, I don't, I don't think we can quite say that in that absolute, because I think even the evidence doesn't say that some people don't lose all of their advantages. I think generally it's looking like you don't. There is Obviously, there'll be some people that, that you probably can say do, but I think it's a hard one because I get this, the idea of advantages always becomes convoluted when or like complicated when you start saying, well, you know, why 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 don't we disadvantage Phelps because he's got massive feet and like, what do they talk about here? I can't remember what some of the examples they use. They basically say he's like perfectly built for swimming in his anatomy. It's almost like he's got every advantage over everybody. So why don't we make him have a disadvantage because he's not fair to everyone else? Or uh, even to the point where I said something about he's got like a specific artery that delivers more blood or, or more oxygen. So he's got a, you know, he can perform cardio better than anybody else on the planet type thing or you know those examples exist in loads of arguments doesn't it where do you draw the line basically in terms of like an advantage someone has why does it always have to be like purely okay it's just about you know a social contract and gender because felt was born with that so but it's like all right if they say why can i compete with women almost all women say we are not competing with you because you are for a NASA disadvantage, mm. and we I, can't be you. Yeah, so I, I, I've trained all my life from a child, potentially as a child, all the way. I spent all my life up until whatever, whatever age could be, you know, 18 go to Olympics. Why should you be able to walk in as a man, biological man, and beat me? Why, what, why do your rights trump mine? Which, and I've seen in all this, you, you do see the big noise, the people with the noisiest opinions, they, they do. 
tend to not care about women's rights. They go, yeah, but if you disagree with me, you're a transphobe. It's like, well, no, telling you a fact. A man is bigger, stronger than a woman on average, and especially so at the elite level. So what gives you the right for your rights to trump a woman's who's a biological woman who's got no choice in the fact? You've chosen, maybe you, know, maybe you can't choose that you think you're in a woman's body or a man. And to me, I'm like, how do you know? Because you're not a biological female, so how do you know what they feel like, for one? We can't have periods, so how do you know what that, you don't know what that feels like? So it's like, what, you've made the, okay, you have made the choice maybe to feel like you're a woman. You've made the choice to trans- trans- transition. You've made the choice to come into sport. Women have also made the choice to come into sport, but they have not made the choice to be a man or woman. They are a woman born and born. So why should their rights be affected? Because you're in the danger of destroying women's sport. Yeah, I, 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 def- I definitely agree that there's a big risk here in that um, I think even the case of like Laurel Hubbard, the obviously the individual that's been allowed to go to uh, or include to go to the Olympics. I, I think I saw an article written about an individual that would have been the person that went in Laurel's place had um, had she obviously not, yeah had she not have gone. And I kind of you do then think, oh okay, well then yeah you do, you have to look at an alternative view here that okay brilliant support trans athletes brilliant yeah okay i think we we all agree inclusion trans athletes being supported is exactly what should and needs to happen but obviously there is an after effect almost that there are also people that then will miss out if like in the case of laurel um go into the olympics someone else has now missed out on that place i guess you don't always see that side of it so i do get that there is a, a threat here to kind of women's sport as such and obviously a lot of top Professional sports people have kind of spoke out about it over a number of years. People like Martina Navratilova, um, obviously, who you know is part of a. She was like an an um, an LBGT uh, spokeswoman or something like that, part of a massive charity or or I can't remember exactly what the, what the position was now, but obviously she was kind of basically because she I think she's gay herself. I'm, I'm right in thinking that, aren't I? But anyway, it doesn't matter. She's obviously a, a proponent of kind of of, of the LGBT um area and yeah i think obviously you kind of get people like speaking about it and saying but actually we you know as much as uh, you know we need to be inclusive in, and uh, support all of these all the different kind of diversities and include people in of this sort of stuff there is a big threat to kind of just general female sports people because obviously people you know might come in and then in in the worst case scenario the example you gave about like the ufc fight not ufc fight sorry the mma fighter that obviously got beaten up by a biological male athlete um or you know it might even be people missing out on opportunities to kind of get scholarships it could be people missing out on you know even like winning medals and stuff or even getting to go to olympics i guess there is a huge risk to females in in that respect but i'm just so split between i i, I kind of i do think that and i can't avoid i can't stop myself kind of thinking like yes there's a big threat and then, like this seems madness but there's also part of me that tries to think about what if I what like what if I feel like the way I feel now, as in I feel like a man, but I happen to look down and I had a pair of breasts and a vagina, and I was like, and I, I know obviously that wouldn't work in terms of the example of the the uh, you know having a physiological benefit because obviously if I transitioned to a female, um, or sorry the other way around if I transitioned to a male because I felt like a man, but obviously that wouldn't work. But obviously just spin it to the example if if I was a female now and I and I looked down and had a penis, 
like and I generally felt like I am you know I am not a a male I, I didn't choose that so I find it really difficult to think like why shouldn't that individual be included I, I just get torn between these kind of different kind of uh, viewpoints or ideas and I don't know what the answer is I I kind of feel like without you know just touching the surface about knowing loads of detail about it kind of feel like a separate league for for kind of like trans athletes must be the only way the only solution albeit nowhere near a perfect one but otherwise say again it seems the most sensible it does but then i i would understand why someone would say but i i'm not i don't want to be a trans individual I, i i am a woman and I, I, it's not my fault. I was born in someone's body. I didn't choose this. I can, I get that, and I can see why people would feel that way. And I would see, I could see why people would still feel second rate if they were then kind of forced to compete in, in an individual league. But then I sometimes also, you know, I play these things to go back and forth in my mind. I think about like Paralympic athletes, and obviously different classes, categories, or do they feel like you know? Take the case of Oster Pistorius. He wanted to compete in the genuine Olympics because he didn't want to be in the Paralympics. So he didn't feel like he was necessarily uh, like a disabled individual or such although he knows obviously knew maybe it's a really bad example bear in mind he's now in prison for killing his partner um but obviously kind of from a sporting perspective um yeah it's you think about like okay well i don't know yeah i don't know where i'm going with it really i just i say i'm just trying to empathize with the individuals that feel excluded because there there isn't something for them um maybe maybe that'll be less of a problem as more people transition and you get more trans athletes and that there's a bigger kind of like for want of a better phrase league to compete in and it's then less kind of stigmatized and potentially or less niche or less um minority i don't know i can't think of the right word but strange always seems to be happening lately and then you has it ever has it ever happened before has it ever been a case this in the olympics ever in the Olympics, well, trans athletes have never been allowed to compete before, no. So, obviously, this is the first time, which is why it's so much controversy about it. But What's okay. the change? Sorry, say again. What's changed? What pressure's been... Because, obviously, pressure's been put on somewhere, isn't it? What pressure's been put on? How has it been said? I get, I, I get, I guess there's, a, there's been a growing movement for a while because, obviously, more and more... You know, we, we try, people are trying to be more progressive and respect diversity more and more as you know i think that's you know you're going to got to look at any corporates and large corporates in the way of like their diversity inclusion type like policies and training are now like a lot bigger than they ever used to be um you know there's there are more representatives in kind of these these niche for want of a better phrase communities um like the lbgt groups and stuff so it's obviously more prominent and there will be more pressure purely because more people are represented and there's more people that want to do it but and obviously that's only going to get more and more over time, I think. Um, it's just obviously decided now that they've just decided, okay, they, they meet the criteria. Like Laurel, it's not, I mean, you can almost say it's not Laurel's fault for getting the athletes. And I'm sure, like, if you think about, like, Laurel, she is a a human being. Like, like I, I know nothing about her personality. I know what her intentions are. But you can imagine that she just absolutely made up that she can go to the Olympics and compete in something she loves type thing. Like any person, like any normal person would be. But she's probably also subject now to loads of negative comments and you know online trolling and stuff now because people don't believe that she should be going. And you think about if you're a human being that just just glad to be included, and then you've got all these people telling you, "Yeah, fuck off, you're a man, you shouldn't be able to do it." Oh, you know, all this stuff that you put no doubt getting, you think to yourself, "Jesus Christ!" Like, do you get me? 
I get you, yeah, yeah. but it, it's not the place Olympics to go, actually, we'll keep her as a no. Then she's not going to get out. She might not feel good because you can't not allowed to go, but you're not getting those thousands of people probably giving you loads of shit. I don't think they're. I don't think they're mutually exclusive. That the, the Olympics have to say, "Oh, we're going to protect you and say you can't go because we don't want you to be online trolled or you know like to be trolled by people." I think that's that's. I think that's shit. And I think, you know, Laura herself might say, "I don't care. I I'm get to go to the Olympics. So I don't care what people think." You know, I get to do my entire like perform the in you know what is always been my entire dream type thing. So, you know, I, I just think the reason I brought that up is because I think it's it's important to realize that you know when you when people are talking about this type of thing like you, we forget people are humans and that like people have feelings and we don't know what their feelings are so obviously it's, it's easy for us to kind of talk about a lot of this stuff but i think it's you've got to also remember that there are real life individuals going through this stuff and with their own thoughts and feelings about it and don't get me wrong like i said to you didn't i prefer to the call i said there'll always be again unique minority cases where people have trans transferred over to a different sex purely because they want to win fucking medals and they see it as an easy opportunity for fame or fortune or success or whatever but mm. I would say that's probably a minority and there aren't many people do that in the same way as there are we know of cases where kids you know there's been plenty of case studies or kind of interviews or um, occasions where kids have trans you know said they you know they're in the wrong body and they've, they've transitioned over and then afterwards said oh no it's, I regret it I, I'm not really it was kind of just a phase where I wanted attention so these types of things will always happen, but there's also yeah. lots of really genuine cases. With the kid thing, to me, if you let, if you're allowing a kid of a really young age would do that, you know, your fucking mind, because you they are, like, you know what kids are like, they're mental and they, they, <laughs> they're they're what, they're if, if it's like an eight, you, you know, it depends. You call a kid, you know, cause a kid in eight, you know, if you're four year old bloke and eight, you know, it's a kid in it. But you're talking a kid of like six, seven, eight, nine, ten. For someone to tell me they in the wrong body is fucking ludicrous because they get influenced by what this world on around them and you see this is obviously the minority and you see the world with a shit that goes on on social media of the absolute i'm going to call them overwalk the walk side but the overwalk just like anything you say is offensive you can't do this you can't do that they are almost like encouraging kids oh yeah are you sure you're a female now or are you sure a male don't call my classmate the boys and girls call them them it's like like me, like, I mean, there's probably a, there's no kid on earth of like five, six, seven who thinks they're the opposite sex. No fucking chance. No chance. No one would ever otherwise. No one would ever convince me otherwise. Yeah, I don't know. Um... That's about, I think, if the only, I think the only way, not the only way, but where you might have an argument for men transitioning into women and then potentially being on the same level is if, for some odd reason, they were like before puberty and they said, I'm definitely a woman and they have therapy so they whatever. stop well, puberty. I don't know, would we even work? I, I'm, not even sure the, I'm not even sure the puberty argument is solid though. In that, if you, do it pre, if you do it pre-puberty, you're okay physically. Because I think even, you know, going back to this interview uh, on this Joe Rogan podcast, there was kind of discussions, and I, I can't claim to remember or understand them, but there were discussions around kind of the exposure to testosterone even in utero, so in the womb before born, that has significant differences in development in sexes. Um, so even that kind of casts doubts on 
can we really say that because you know someone transitioned from a male to a female prior to puberty that they therefore didn't gain any advantage because that's where a lot of the growth happens in puberty i don't think that's even correct i think there's it's well, certainly not as clear cut or as easy as that um going, going back to the conversation around children i think there might be five-year-olds that genuinely do show and feel like sh- show signs and feel that they are in the wrong sex um and you know they might know from that age but i think the problem is is there's also a lot of high risk that kids don't know and there's a lot they know they're not they're not mentally mature or their brains aren't developed and it's difficult to know exactly how they do feel so to make such this is my opinion anyway and it's really ill-informed so it's going to come across as probably really fucking bigoted or ridiculous really but i i feel like kids are so malleable and so you know undecided on on you know even what to fucking eat for dinner like type thing that they don't know themselves they can't possibly know themselves at that age very well and they can't possibly kind of make a life-changing decision at that age i just think i I think that's the problem um and don't be wrong there will be like i said i think there will be people that kind of you know suspect or know at that age that they are and over time and then you know get to a point where they're mature enough to decide yep i definitely do want to transition and then make decisions and then fine but I think it's just so high risk to make a, you know a parent to support a child at that age. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, it's difficult because obviously you should, as a parent, as we both are. I would love my. I don't give a shit about how my children feel in these. You know, I, uh, no, how am I going to describe? How am I going to say this in the right words? I I will support my child. I I don't care how my child feels about it all because I will support them matter how it is. Like I I I won't care if my child is straight, gay you know, transsexual, whatever. Like, I can genuinely say hand on heart, and I'm not just, this isn't virtuous, virtuous signaling. Like I said before, I would die for my kid tomorrow. Um, and I mean that. And I think most parents will understand what I mean when I say that. And it's the same thing. I, you know, I, I struggle to see people that don't support their children, like in these areas, because there's nothing anyone could ever say for me not to support my child. So, but obviously part of the protection for me also feels like making sure that whatever they end up doing is the right thing. And obviously you think, I just can't help but kind of think back to anyone at a young age at that point. It's just so high risk to make a such a drastic life-changing, say drastic, maybe that's maybe it's offensive, I don't know. But just to make such a, a, a life-changing and often permanent thing that, yeah, it's a difficult one, isn't it? It's a difficult one. But anyway, I think we got really deep, really fucking, really deep, really uneducated. Yeah, and... You know, you could start getting into a massive rabbit hole. No doubt there'll be loads of people listening to this thinking, I'm so offended by what you've said and that you're so ignorant. And we could say, we could say, fuck you, doesn't matter. Or we could say, we are, we understand and recognize how ignorant we are, but we only know what we know. So we're just kind of saying what we know and having a conversation about it. And as I say, I think I'd, I'd always open up the debate to people and say, I'm open minded enough to just tell me how, you know, the different points of view and perspective and not change my mind because my mind isn't made up on any of this by any stretch but add to my opinions and views and i'm sure you'll say the same well it's just an opinion isn't it if someone's offended i don't think you should be offended by an opinion just an opinion isn't it? your fucking hair shit and your t-shirt stinks mate like who wears bulk powders t-shirts anymore i mean come on it was free <laughs> it was you free. can't offend me you cannot offend me <laughs> you can't offend me i know johnny fucking i've known you long enough now to know i can't offend you but there's a lot of people who are very offended by anything. No, well, yes, there are. But there's two the spectrum, wasn't it? There is, but hey ho. Anyway, I enjoy I enjoyed the chat and just brain dumping stuff. Anyway, even if people listening thought it was shit, but um, 
you know, maybe we put our view across. As I say, it is a view, opinion, but it is what it is. So hopefully uh, you enjoyed it too, Jonathan. Yes, yeah, yeah, interesting subject. Um, I would like to say thank you all for listening. Uh, please rate, review, subscribe and all that stuff. Buy your cheese, buy your protein bars um, and we will see you next time. Next week. Next week. Thank you for listening to the NNN podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please help us by rating on your podcast provider, sharing with your networks so we can get our content out to more people. See you next week. Thank you.